Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Adam Lines. I am once again joined by Arian. What's up, guys? Uh, Mark is not uh, joining us this week, very unfortunately, because I'm sure he has a lot to say about the Monaco Grand Prix, which mm-hmm. is the race that we are reviewing this week. Somehow the tractor, his his very unique tractor did very well. I, I wanted to make fun of him this week. But I'm kind of happy he's not here because I really can't make that tractor joke. So if I say it, he yeah, can't, we can't make. Me. I don't think we should make the tractor jokes anymore, yeah. especially because they're getting on. Uh, they're getting pole positions. Yeah, Charlotte yeah. Claire pole position right out of the gate. First thing we're going to talk about: pole position. Carlos Sainz got on the podium a little, yep. which is P two. A little bit of controversy with uh, Leclerc crashing. Mm-hmm. Some people, for some reason, think that he did that on purpose. I think that's complete BS. Don't think so. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're starting off this with this podcast with a new segment. It's going to be review in 30 seconds. So we're going to get 30 seconds up on the clock, and we're each going to review the race with our thoughts and, yeah, what we thought of the race, the highs and lows. Yep. And I'm going to get that rolled up right now. And Ari, you want to go first? I'll go first. I'll go first. All right. So three, two, one. Ferraris are very quick. I think the, they were the quickest car in on that day in, in the entire weekend. Um, Max and Perez, I think as much as I insulted Perez last week, he's really upped his game. And I think he would have got P3 if it wasn't for any of the circuit. Lando, again, performing the way he always has been. Science performing the way. I think Science has got used to that car very quickly compared to Ricardo. Ricardo, who's been very, very slow. Hamilton, bad driving, I would say. Bad quality. Bad team decisions. Valtteri again, done lucky. And special mention of Seb and Gasly. And that's 30. Yeah, that was hard. All right. <laughs> All right, I'm up next. Okay, 30 seconds. 30. Max had a very good weekend. Uh, he qualified P2. It might have been pole if Baltas didn't get it, but great race control. Pretty much led every lap. Won the race. Uh, Lando Norris, Carlos Sainz, amazing performance from them. Lando's just kind of out driving that car. Got a little bit lucky. That Botas DNF'd, yeah. signs, incredible race from him. He had such good pace. I thought he was going to pass Max and win at one point. Leclerc, not a great weekend for him. He got pulled, but he screwed himself over for the race. And that's all, that's all the time I have. It's <laughs> our first time doing this segment, so we got to go faster next time. It's very but, hard because like this weekend wasn't that eventful. Yeah. And we still can't manage to get it. I think like when it's an eventful, if it's like a Bahrain or... Like a really exciting race. How are we going to get down 30? But that's yeah. a challenge, lads. We, we we decided to have a podcast. Um, That's our challenge. <laughs> you guys it'll will see a, a struggle. But it'll be a little bit. A, yeah. Yeah. This podcast is going to be a little bit shorter than our typical yeah. podcast because there's not that much to talk about. Well, the only actual like uh, battle that was going on that involved overtaking was Vettel and Gasly. Oh, yeah. And as soon as that... I was so mad this morning. Well, because the race is this morning in Canada. But watching the race, I see Vettel come out of the pits. (laughs) Gasly's right there. They're going side by side. Like side by side up the hill. And then all of a sudden you see Lance. Show the review of Lance Stroll going over the curb for like the ninth time that race. I was watching. I was watching the game. I was watching the game. I was watching the race with the boys. And... um. We're just like we're all waiting for that moment when Lewis when Lewis um comes up where where Seb and Gasly leave the pits, and I'm just like oh yes come on 
Now it is. Here it is. Seb's on the inside. Gas on the outside. Hamilton right behind them. What's going to happen? Yeah. Nashua over a bump. Like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, this week, I'm not going to lie. I, I spoke, I think I spoke about like in, second, in my second podcast, which is like the 24th, 5th, 6th podcast, one of them, where I think the F1 TV directors, they've got, they've got to realize what the fans want. We don't want to yeah. see Lance struggle over a bump. I know he's gone over a bump. Every single driver in Monaco has gone over that bump. <laughs> it is, it is, it is nothing I want to see again. I yeah, think that, that was a I, really I, weird yeah. uh, time to put in that clip of uh, Lance Stroll going over the bumps. Really, the only piece of overtaking and on track action that you really saw, you didn't see. I remember in 2019 when Leclerc first joined Ferrari when he was in Monaco. He, you know, he crashed out of the race, but he made those moves into the penultimate corner. He made like three or four of them, seeing him fight up. There was there wasn't really a lot of that. I don't think yeah. the top ten really had a lot of shakeup. Besides some strategy stuff and Vettel and Perez having a really yeah. good strategy, which we will talk about in a bit. It was a pretty uneventful race, but for me, I'm a Red Bull fan, mm. so I loved it. Super exciting. Any race where Hamilton just doesn't perform. <laughs> And you see Lando no. Norris and Carlos Sainz get on the podium. The car Lando is back. Yeah. The car Lando is Carlando. back, baby. Nobody. I, there was barely any overtakes this entire race. It has to have broken a record for least yeah. amount of overtakes. I think I think even without the overtaking, it wasn't a very boring race. Like, yeah. With Monica, it's always strategy. It's always about so much, so much stuff happened. Like Charles before the race couldn't start. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I was I was in the shower and um one of my mates texted me, like called me when I was in the shower. He's like, all right, all right, Charles is not starting. Yeah. I'm like, what? 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 Why? I run our Instagram and I had yeah. two posts lined up. I had, if we didn't get, if you got a five place grid penalty or a 10 place grid penalty. And if nothing happened and he was starting on pole, when I oh. woke up in the morning at uh, an hour before the race, everything was fine. Yeah. At 8.40 when he was driving into the box, it was so, so the pit, the grid yeah. slot. It was so unfortunate for him. But, yeah, the start, the drama started. Whenever there's drama before the race, it's probably going to be a little bit of an exciting race. Yeah. That added to kind of that drama. But I, I really fell for Charlotte Claire. Yeah, I, f- I felt really bad. Char- I, he's the Monaco curse. This, this is, it doesn't avoid him. I mean. Yeah, the Monaco uh, curse. That was That's something yeah. you saw Verstappen do in FP3. That's something you've seen drivers do in the past. Like, it's a pretty common place yeah. to crash. Yeah. He, for me, he's the worst driver this weekend, which is a mm. little bit of a con. It's a little bit of a controversial statement. And Are you putting I, over Mazepin. I wasn't going to actually say this. Oh, he had a Mazepin actually had a pretty good race. Yeah, I mean, he did have no. To be fair, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't qualify any harder than he were normally. And what? Mick and Mick's pit crew was like they had. He had a forty-second pit stop. Well, combined total, but mm. yeah, he had a long pissed up. Yeah, I'll we can talk about that yeah. in a bit, but Leclerc, he he if the drive shaft, it was the drive shaft, apparently the left drive shaft. Yeah. If that broke because of his accident, then he had the worst weekend on everyone because like crashing at the end of qualifying and not being able to start, like that's a massive blunder. Yeah. And it's not People are like, oh, he got pole and he got pole, but he was kind of a little bit on track to lose that pole, I believe. He yeah, was down I think I don't think I think he, I don't think he was getting that pole. Bottas, Signs, and Verstappen were on absolute flyers. 
Yeah. He got the pole and it was pretty impressive for him to put that car in the front of the grid. If the drive rod, um, the drive rod or the drive shaft was not related to his accident, which he said he's going to look into this week. Then besides the crash, it was a pretty good weekend, but if it was, and he ruined his own race by that, by doing that, then yeah, really poor weekend from him, but so unfortunate. I, I did feel really bad for him because he just 2018 brake failure drove into the back mm. of Brendan Hartley. Yeah. Uh, 2019 kind of a stupid, uh, you know, stupid games win stupid prizes. And he just, he made the overtake in the penultimate corner a couple times and it worked. Yeah. Then he tried to go for it again. He was desperate home race, young home race, yeah. in front of that grid. Could have been. Mm-hmm. And 2020, yeah. 2020 didn't get to race there. And 2021, 21. he didn't even get to start. So, yeah, the stars have not aligned for him to do well. In yeah. A little bit his fault, a little bit of the teams. He's raced for his fault. But he'll come back in 2022. He's young. I think he'll have a, he'll have he a long career ahead of him of wins. Yeah. So it should be good. He should but, have a quicker and a better Ferrari next year as well, ho- hopefully. Mm-hmm. Better for our next year with a car that should be easier to follow. The car's getting quicker every year. Mm-hmm. It was really quick in 2019. It's getting slower next year, though, technically. Not, but yeah, it well, is getting, technically, the, but, the racing is getting better. Yeah, relative to relative yeah. to the grid. Yeah. I mean, okay, what, what are your thoughts? We basically bullied the shit out of Perez. I think he listened to our podcast and then woke up and like <laughs> realized that after form lads, he I think yeah. he went back home. He's like, Oh, I listened to I listened to Mark and Arian and and Adam just talk about how bad I am. And then Sergio, we're sorry. I know you're <laughs> listening. We're so sorry. Uh, yeah. he again, he didn't have a fantastic weekend. No, but I think I did I think I think what I what we expect he did qualify was a P eight, P nine. Yeah, really I bad P four. Pretty poor qualifying from him. And this is this is kind of unfortunate. And this is where, you know, th- we've talked about this so much on the podcast where Botas doesn't really get a lot of that hate is when like yeah. last year he was four tenths behind Lewis. Yeah. P two or P three. Yeah. Yeah. Sergio is now three tenths behind Max, two tenths, yeah. even I think it was yeah. something like that. P eight. Yeah. That mid the mid pack being close is really bad for Sergio and he just needs yeah. to be that much closer to Max and it's really hard when Max I, is fighting for championships. I think Red Bull know it. I think Red Bull know this all. And this is why I don't think anyone Red Bull is freaking out right now. Mm-hmm. Because even though he got P12 or whatever he did, P, sorry, P9, he's only three times behind Max. Yeah. Alex, Pierre, not, both of them have not been able to get within three tenths of Max. And it's never been possible for them. Only Alex did it once and Pierre did it once and that's about it. Mm. And Pierre was there for like half a season, but it, Alex was there for a season and a half, and he didn't do anything. It and seems think, it seems as if, uh, at least for Sergio, because yeah, we can talk about we can talk about Sergio. He he did have a good race. Yeah, P four is a good finish. He caught yeah. he caught right up to Lando. It's really hard to overtake. Yeah, he gets in the dirty air. Yeah, but for him to go to P four is a really impressive race, and yeah. I, I rate him for that because he did have a good race. Yeah. But and he was he was kind of where Red Bull needed him to be. Yeah, I think if it wasn't Monaco, he would bit of would have been fighting for P two. Yeah, I believe he he would have been able to pass yeah. Lando. I think he I think, yeah he was on fresh because he was tires. lapping his lap his laps were quicker 
the best thing I saw was when he was in the old soft, like really old, like 30, 35 lap old softs, mm-hmm. he was still putting in fastest laps. And, and I loved the strategy with Red Bull because Red Bull, Red Bull nailed the strategy this weekend where yeah. Mercedes really, they kind of messed it up. They they yeah. messed it up really bad. They messed up Valtteri. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. Valtteri. They, they messed uh, up Valtteri. He, I think... Valtteri was the only one who did well this weekend for the first time where Lewis has not done well in qualifying. Yeah. Valtteri has got P2, would have got pole because he was on a faster lap already than Charles, and he would have got P1. He would have got pole position. He might have got pole. Max was on a flyer. Yeah, I mean, like, like he was fighting for pole. For the first yeah. time, he was fighting for pole without Lewis. And Max, even if he got P2 or P3, whatever it was, he, he was in the front of the grid, and all they had to do was get that tire out. I thought it was <laughs> at the beginning of the race. I saw Mercedes chasing down Max, and just for a brief second, I forgot it was Bottas. And I was, yeah. I was like, "Oh my God, Hamilton's gonna catch him!" And then I was like, no, "Hold on, there's a seven-seven on that car, not a four-four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Red I saw Bull, his helmet. I saw, I saw Valtteri's helmet. I'm like, "Oh, that's not Lewis. That's not that's not purple. That's not Lewis's helmet." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Okay, that's Valtteri." And yeah, yeah, I do. It was Valtteri because Valtteri qualified P three. Lewis is in P seven. You saw that if yeah. you were watching the race, you saw Valtteri. But just for yeah. a brief second, because it there was no real battle mm, uh, today, and a lot of that came down to Red Bull's strategy. And the strategy was leaving Max out for a couple of laps longer than Bottas. Yeah. Not that it mattered. And leaving Sergio out was so crucial. And I don't know, yeah. I don't understand how Mercedes didn't see that coming. They had problems. I like how, how Red Bull didn't see the Hungary yeah. incident be happened last race. That one was a little bit harder, though. When you're in Monaco, mm. yeah, you have Lewis Hamilton has been struggling on Saturday to get his tires in range, and you mm. know how bad the traffic is, and he's really thick, wide, yeah. but two meters wide on a like a five-meter wide track. Yeah. So that's it's just not – and there's no, over, there's no places to overtake. So – to pit Lewis early and go for that undercut. Shout yeah. out to the Annika podcast. <laughs> to, and to go for the undercut just didn't make a lot of sense. He couldn't get those hards in range. They should have done yeah. the, uh, the strategy a little bit more on that. Yeah. And done more testing on that throughout the weekend, I think. Maybe they did and they just didn't get the readings that they thought were they, they were going to get. But Lewis couldn't get those tires in range. Ghastly undercut, uh, overcut him, then Vettel overcut him, then Perez overcut him, and he was having a shit fit in that car. He was not a happy world champion in that car today. He was not happy at all. He was, he kept saying that this is not, but it wasn't that he drove it any better as well. I mean, he did have a shit qualifying, and Monaco, your shit qualifying, you have, you pay the prices. Mm-hmm. Ricardo had a shit qualifying, he paid the prices today. Yeah. But I just, uh, this is off topic, but you know, W2F1, they have their like three, three word um, race review post on Instagram every time. Mm-hmm. I just commented, Seb is back. <laughs> Seb is back. He it, definitely... was, it was, it was, it was de- one of the best signs of seeing him get P5. It was, it was mm-hmm. generally one of the best moments of my life. <laughs> yeah. For him to go from P14s and 13s, like Monaco, he drove, and this is the same thing with Perez. Mm-hmm. Poor qualifying. Yeah. Fine. He drove the nuts off that car because he, yeah. to get P4 and to overcut Hamilton, you and uh, Pierre, yeah, and to overcut Seb, you have to be quick. 
when yeah. you're doing the overcut and you have to manage those tires. He was on those tires forever. And like when Max Pitt, to 40 laps. Yeah, when Max Pitt, he was still in that pit. You know, he came out yeah. in front of Max and he yeah. was faster than him, which was good yeah. because the Max would kind of hold back a little bit as Sergio. And this is part, this is part of the strategy that Red Bull did really well. And yeah. Sergio got clear air. He was just set free. And then when he eventually pit, it, it got Red Bull a champion uh, championship lead. So very, yeah. very impressive very, strategy very, very, for even, them. Go for it, go for it. Yeah, a little bit of a strategy blunder. And it's those small mistakes. I said, Max needs to be 2% better to beat Hamilton. And that 2% is mistakes, fixing mistakes, getting better strategy calls. It's just those two things. Yeah. He was 100% this weekend. He was absolutely yeah. balls to the wall this weekend. Hamilton, nightmare. This is a weekend yeah. he's going to want to forget. He needs to get... 10% better than that if he wants to even win a championship. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think he has to. Mercedes, I don't. I mm, The strategy was, it wasn't too great. Like, I'm going to be honest with it. It wasn't too great. But great drivers don't rely on great strategies. Like, if Lewis only wins, because he is a, he's the greatest of all time. I'm sorry. He is the greatest of all time. He is the GOAT. Mark's not he is the GOAT. Me on it. Yeah. <laughs> he is the GOAT. And I, I think he could have qualified a little bit better. If Bottas had the pace to get P2, you could have got P4, P5, P6. Yeah. I also mentioned this on the last podcast where, and I've mentioned this a lot of times before, I just watched the highlights to this 2017 Monaco Grand Prix where Hamilton qualified 14th. Yeah. And whether it was you can't get the tires in range Mm -hmm. or you can't get the setup or the balance right, yeah. Yeah. He needs to get, he needed to get that right this weekend. He's yeah. been great around Monaco. Yeah. But getting the tires in range, what I just said, absolutely made no exactly. sense. Exactly. <laughs> I just, I just, I, for people listening, I just distracted Adam with a message about something. <laughs> but anyway, okay, get back on, get back on. Hamilton. <laughs> Yeah, for Hamilton to get the tires in range, which is kind of one of the reasons that he couldn't get the qualify, he couldn't qualify higher. Yeah. Need to get the setup right. He's never been great around Monaco. This happened in 2017. He yeah. could not balance that car. He did mm. not have any confidence on Friday. He yeah. lost confidence on Saturday. The rear end was just lo- stepping out. It was yeah. just going for packs of smokes here, here and there, just stepping out. Yeah. And so you lose confidence in the car. Monaco is not a track you can lose confidence around, and it cost him in qualifying, and it cost him in the race. Exactly. He blamed the team, and I, the mm. undercut was not the right strategy. But yes, you should, but you shouldn't have been yeah, in P seven. You shouldn't have been in P seven. It's like it's like saying um, Valtteri when he crashed with Russell, right? Okay, yeah. it wasn't Russell did a tiny mistake, but you shouldn't have been in that spot in the first place. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't say that you, the team, or an uh, extra variable was the only one that caused you to be the position you were. I do think as much as Lewis has done amazingly this whole season and the expectation for him is to do amazing, everyone can have a bad weekend. But there's, I don't think, especially the kind of guy Lewis is, the thing he, Mercedes, like they preach about this, so that we're one team where we don't point blame. But when he's in the car, he points blame to the team and not to himself, not qualifying well. But we don't know what happened in qualifying. We don't know. Maybe the team messed up his setup. Maybe something went wrong. But the the likelihood of that is very low. Yeah, the team 
never really the team will make setups for the drivers, but the drivers yeah. need to make those tweaks. Botas was able to make the tweaks and he was fighting for poles and uh P ones. P ones. And Hamilton <laughs> and then he got and, and then he got shanked basically. <laughs> yeah. And Hamilton just couldn't get the it was the I think it was the tires, a little yeah. bit of the tires. Yeah. You saw uh, I think George Russell complained about that as well. He just said these tires are not ready. Had to do another yeah. lap. Yeah. Hamilton yeah, he just needed to get that set up. And this is a weekend that I said Max needed to win the Monaco Grand Prix mm-hmm. if he had a hope in the championship. Lewis needs to win the next race if he has a hope in the championship because Max is on a roll. He mm-hmm. won in Monaco, which is the most arguably the hardest, hardest one. track to win because you have the, the focus and the mental. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, hard to get, get past on there. It's, it's, it's a track where it's, we were talking about this when I was watching the race. It's, I would love to go on that track and drive, even if it's like, a, I don't want my cycling on that track as well. I just want to be like, feel how it is to just cut that. Uh, this watching the cars go around that track. It's, mm. it's something that like, it really, it pleases me to watch. Like it's something that I can watch 24. So if you tell me there's a race in Monaco, 24 hour race in Monaco, but okay. Yeah. N- let me watch it. I will. I won't, I won't hesitate. It's but, the yeah, racing on. is boring. And it is mm. was a boring race in nature, yeah. But it's so iconic, and you cannot have a Formula One calendar without Monaco. Because yeah, is it's like you're taking away the Indy 500. It's like you're taking away the 24-hour Le Mans. Yeah, you need Monaco in the calendar. It's just iconic. It also brings a lot of money in this world, but the track's mm-hmm. iconic, and it really shows the true pace of the driver you get where the engine doesn't matter as much yeah. and you know getting that close to the wall where they're touching the oh. wall amazes me every time with you see ricardo's um i don't know if you saw on, on f1's instagram how close he was to the barrier on the oh, chicane yeah. they got he was he was literally mm-hmm. you, you, you all the people can't see me but if you go on youtube and twitch you will see how like how close yeah, my fingers are millimeters millimeters away same with leclerc he same was leclerc, millimeters yeah. But unfortunately, it was just a couple millimeters too many. Yeah. And it put him yeah. in the wall. But it's a game. Of, it's really a game of inches and feet. And so exactly. I, I did enjoy the race. Yeah. Exactly. Sergio Perez, he was hunting down Lando Norris. I thought he was going to pass him. He's with the eight tens. Mm. I didn't know. I was, my teams are Red Bull and McLaren. Those like kind of my yeah. two favorite teams. Same. Yeah. But I didn't know who I really wanted to win. Oh. Obviously, it was Sergio. If I need. I think for F one sake, we needed we needed Sergio to to um get that P three because then you actually can fight with the mm-hmm. for constructors and because you know drivers it's gonna be a tough fight. Yeah, but for the constructors, I still think Mercedes can take it away nice and easy. Yeah, Sergio stayed strong throughout mm-hmm. the race, stayed consistent, and he got points for it. Where you know same with like Gasly, that. same with yeah. Gasly, and and even Giovinazzi for that matter. I okay. First of all, Gio. Shout out to Giovinazzi. That was a pretty impressive weekend from him. Q, how how on earth did he get a Q3 appearance? <laughs> like, I was watching quality. I didn't even know he got into Q3 until Q3 started. I'm like, huh? Wait, I know Ricardo got out. I was more focused. On, I was pissed off Ricardo got out. I was just like, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I looked at quality. I'm like, why is it Alfa Romeo here? Mm-hmm. I thought it was a glitch. So I went on the F1 app. I'm like, oh, no, the cars are still there. <laughs> and I see him trying to do a time lap. I'm like, how the, how the bleep did he get into didn't he get into Q3? But amazing weekend from him. Mm-hmm. Gasly as well to hold 
a seven-time world champions around seven. He held him for 78 laps. Yeah. To do that is he just shows that he is ready for a car that is not that is not the Alphatari. It he is Monaco, though. It is yeah. really difficult well, to overtake. You have to. One, one's in a Mercedes, that. though. <laughs> As in, you're, you're, even if it is Monaco, yeah. he's a seven-time world champion. It he is, is one of the greatest drivers of all time. It is not impossible to overtake. It is hard, yes, but not impossible. Yeah. And it wasn't. It wasn't that he was like Lewis was right behind him and Gasly was defending. Gasly was seconds ahead, which is which is really good to see. I think. Yeah, I think going back to the Lewis Hamilton thing, I think for him this weekend it really showed a couple chinks in the armor. Mm-hmm. This was a weekend where he was just on the back foot all weekend, and yeah. Max was on fire. It's yeah. not really what I expected, but. Yeah, he's he's never really been that strong in Monaco, and mm. getting the setup again happened to him in 2017, qualifying P14, and yeah, so hopefully, uh, hopefully he can bounce back, and I'm sure there'll be more battles. But I, I really made me really happy to see Max Verstappen leading the championship, and the first time a Honda engine has led the championship since 1991. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. sir. I love to see it as a Red oh. Bull fan. As yeah, an F1 Sergio. fan, I love to see someone apart from Lewis Hamilton and mm-hmm. Valtteri on top. One more, sh- uh, I want also want to give a shout out to Carlos Sainz. Let's talk. Mm. Carlos Sainz had an impeccable weekend. He had a weekend that I don't think anyone expected him to have. Yeah, because last week he was he wasn't bad. He was just average. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't something that I would expect. expected him to do this week. He's caught up to Leclerc. Very well. He's within tenths mm. now and like a tenth or mm. two tenths most weekends. Passing him in races. He's keeping up. No one really expected that. I didn't really expect that. And no it's one. interesting because a lot of the all the drivers that have made switches have been struggling this year. Mm. Even so Yuki Tsunoda, Nikita Mazepin, Mick Schumacher, Vettel, Alonso, Ricardo, Ricardo, Perez, Perez. All struggling. Some yeah. of them rookies, but others because they're moving teams. Yeah. And that's not something that Carlos Sainz has done. And yeah, he had a great weekend. He's I, driver of the day in my eyes. I think him and Vettel. I think, yeah, him and Vettel for sure. I think he's moved around so much. Like he's he's a young, he's a young, experienced driver. Yeah. He is he is what around 30, 28, something 29. Mm. He's yeah, crazy. And he He's raced with half the grid. Yeah, six, like Renault, six different teams. Like yeah. Renault, Tarasso, uh, McLaren, Ferrari. McLaren, Ferrari. I can't remember the rest. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's done. He's moved on so much. So I think compared to a Ricardo or Perez who have been stuck with their one team for millennium. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think science is doing really well to that and. In my books, he would get a very, very strong ranking for this weekend. Oh, yeah. Which we're going to do rankings today. We're switching up the tops and flops a little bit. So mm-hmm. Stay tuned for that. It's coming out a little bit later in the podcast. But right mm-hmm. now, we're having an exciting new segment. We have a couple of friends that are coming in, and they're going to have... So this segment doesn't have a name yet. I'll come up with one for next week. But uh, they have... Controversy, opinions, changing of opinions, something, blah, yada, yada. Yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> it. Yeah. Next, uh, it'll be coming in the next couple weeks as well, just sporadically. Uh, a friend will come in, 
or a, for, a fellow F1 fan will come. They have a minute and a half to explain a controversial topic. And yep. then we're going to talk about it a little bit. And yeah. so, yeah, we're, so we're going to bring in the first, the first person. I'm assuming works. <laughs> hey, it's Nate. Hi, how's it going? That's it's going good. Hi, you? Nate. Yeah, you must be Adam. Yes, I am. I am. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Okay, so. Okay, before you don't know we what get we're in. doing, we're doing. Yeah, before we get in. I mean, I mean, before we get in. Okay, Nate, introduce yourself. Favorite driver, favorite team. Go for it. Okay, um, I'm Nate. I watch F1 with Orion every weekend. And favorite favorite team, team. McLaren, favorite driver. It's got to be Verstappen this year. You can't cheer for anyone else, can you? It is Verstappen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It would have been Ricardo the last couple of years, but he's dropping off now. I've got to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Very yeah, he's getting adjusted to that that new car. He pretty strong in Renault. A little bit of controversy throughout his years in <laughs> Red Bull, especially because mm-hmm. he had like about twelve DNFs in his last season with them. But mm-hmm. so yeah. okay, what is your controversial topic? We're gonna set the timer up. You have a minute and a half. Okay, my controversial topic is uh, I believe Nico Hulkenberg still has a chance of getting a podium in, in his career. Really, what is your basis of that? Very saucy. <laughs> okay, so there are there are two big things you've got to establish uh, to justify this. You've got to justify him getting back to F one full time, and then obviously getting the podium itself. Do we want to just start? Do we just roll? Go off? For it. Yeah, go for it. Got a minute left. Okay, so, so oh, really, wow. Okay, so uh, it's so it's clear that. Uh, the top eight drivers on the grid are a leagues ahead of Hulkenberg. I think that his only chance to get back in full time would be better retiring. Now, uh, we know that he was considering uh, retiring after Ferrari, the Ferrari, and he's been struggling to perform at his best since his crash in 2018. He's also feeling a bit upstaged, I think, at the moment by Lance Stroll. You saw it in winter testing when uh, at Bahrain, uh, Stroll was given preference in the afternoon tests. And uh, Vettel managed 117 laps to Stroll's 197. And getting no points in his first four races in the season has got to hurt someone that was had a 13 win streak back in 2013. But having said that, his performance today was fantastic. And I don't see him retiring at least until the end of 2022. But were that to happen, and due to the changes in 2022, levelling the field, I think Aston have a better chance. But also... Uh, if Pirelli deliver on their promise of the production of less temperature-sensitive tyres, I think that gives Hulkenberg a chance if he can get back in. Because he really struggled with tyre management uh, in his career. And I think he would fare better if the tyres were more robust. I also, you can see his amazing success as a super sub last year in, at Silverstone and uh, at Nürburgring when he qualified third, and then I think he went last to eight, which was a fantastic performance for driver of the weekend. Uh, so he's definitely a proven talent. And if teams decide that they need an experienced driver over like potential talent in the future, I think that he is a real team builder. And Aston Martin need that right now. They really need to solidify their place on the grid. And if, if he does get it, I say his best chance is Nürburgring or Sao Paulo. 
he was mm. tantalizing the close in Sao Paulo in 2012 and 2016. So that's my justification. Mm. Best thing. That, Very that, interesting. that is a definitely a controversial topic. It, Very interesting. I, I won't I won't say it hasn't crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. But and he, you do bring up a lot of good points. He is a reserve driver for Aston Martin this year as well as Mercedes. Mm-hmm. He's getting some time in the sim, but at the same time, he is 33. He is. So he's very experienced. And I'm looking at him right now. You can, I just put him up. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see his face. Yeah, he is. He is very experienced. It might happen. This is not the safe bet. uh, The safe bet segment of this podcast. And I like it. It's pretty saucy. Yeah. 33. We'll have to see if Vettel retires at the end of next year. I'm calling the research for this actually which said that it's not an injustice, but it is sad. Yes. Because like, he has, he's had more starts than most drivers get in a lifetime. He has. Yeah. But I think it's such a shame. And I mean, we all watched the Netflix. It was, it was so disappointing to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's happened yeah. eight times now. He's missed out like by a hair's breadth eight times his career. Yeah. I feel yeah. so sorry for the lad. He's got the curse. Like, Hulk him it- back. Hashtag Hulk him back. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag yeah, I mean, Hulk back. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't I think we ever know if Hulk will come back. There's a very strong possibility because I do think a team like Haas or someone or Alpha who need a more experienced driver alongside Mick or Callum Isla, they might take him and then with I mean if Gasly won last year. So anything can happen. Anything can happen F1. Yeah. I'm gonna play devil's advocate and just be like, I don't think him he's coming in because I would, as a team with new regulations, history of driving F1 doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, okay, experience matters, strategy, pit stops, all that matter. But with brand new cars, Hulk would be going in the same way Callum Islet will be. Callum and Paul would be easier to adjust to the car because how adaptable and young they are. Mm-hmm. And if I'm more fearless because he's younger. So I'm, I'm just being devil's advocate. I get I get there's a possibility he might come back when Seb, if Seb retires or if he wants to partner up with a lower mid lower midfield team and mentor a young person but i don't if there's no other if there's a callum isla or a f2 driver who's driving the new regulations of car as a if i was a team principal i would put a young person in that car instead of hulk but yeah. okay, like um, i said he's he's very experienced yeah. he's pretty old he has had a couple years out of the car which isn't good fernando alonso came back at almost 40 kimi raikin and still racing at 40 if Vettel retires and there's no rookie that they really think is ready to bring up, I don't see why they won't bring him yeah. back in. Yeah. Or if there's a grid shuffle, he he could come back in. Never say never. Do I think exactly. it is going to happen about okay, as likely quick, as Botas? Quick yay or nay. Quick yay or nay. I'm going to go with nay. Yeah. But they do bring up a lot of good points. Yeah, and yeah. I like the fact that you talked about the tires and how the tires are changing next year to adapt to his driving style and how the tire wear and if Pirelli delivers on that, which is something I didn't consider. And it can't happen. Very controversial, but that's the nature of the segment, and I like <laughs> it. And yeah, well, Nate, thank you very much uh, for joining us and chipping in with your controversial. Hopefully, we can have you back on for another topic. I want to hear your thoughts on more Formula One related. Contra- controversies mm-hmm. oh, I'd, I'd love that and i will concede 
there is a lot of it, isn't there? It's a lot of it. It's a race. I was taught to prefer a controversial topic, so but it's not impossible. Well, might as well. Not it impossible. can happen. It can it's happen. Possible. We've seen weirder things in F one, so it weirder, is possible. Yeah. Gasliest one. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Maldonado has won a race. Weirder things have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Would what an amazing feat it would be for him to come back after eight years. Oh. Can you imagine just the team radio if you were to get that podium? Yeah. Oh. They'd be ecstatic. Nico, be we have done it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. Cool. All right. So, one late, thank you very much. And we are going to bring in our second person to go over a second controversial topic. Well, thank you for having me on. It's yeah. No Anytime. Thank you. Okay. See you guys around. <laughs> right. All right. Cool. Okay, so we're bringing our Let's second bring on Chris. Christopher. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hello, He's Christopher. On. Nice to meet you. Oh, um, was that was that an error? Or was that <laughs> okay? Hello, okay. hey guys. How's hey, it going? Can you hear us. Um, first podcast appearance. I don't know. We <laughs> uh, played I'm on Joe Rogan. <laughs> All right. Well. Chris, how about we start with you telling us favorite team, favorite driver, and just a little bit about yourself and who you are as a fan. Um, favorite team, Red Bull. Favorite driver, you know, Max. <laughs> of course. Got a couple of Max Verstappen fans. I've clearly organized all the guests for this week's podcast. Before the, yeah. whole, before the whole podcasting started, me and Adam were just talking. I'm like, Adam, you're going to love my two guests. They're oh, yeah. Red Bull fans and, and they're Max Verstappen fans. <laughs> like, you will love both of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chris from Kenya. Um Fell in love with the sport, actually. Um, m- my dad really loves F1. And so just two days before I was born, um, we got, um, um, he got, he went to watch one of the races. I can't, I can't remember which one exactly, but he got uh, his jacket signed by Schumacher. Um, really? Yeah. Right, right back, old Ferrari, old Ferrari jacket, shell, branding, everything. So wow. um, been watching the sport for a long time. Um, I don't know who to say, like who my favorite figures have been over the years as far back as Benny Eccleston. I think was amazing. I think he's one of the most missed person in mm-hmm. F1 at the moment. Would be amazing back in the paddock. But um, well, so you bring a lot. You have a lot of experience. I'm very <laughs> curious to hear your controversial topic. Yeah, my controversial topic. Um, Let's hear it. Um, I believe Red Bull have not been as aggressive in their development as they should have been, especially over the turbo hybrid era. I think they, mm. uh, after four years, um, four years basically dominating the field. Okay. with close competition in some cases, but like, I believe they, they had all the momentum carrying into the uh, turbo hybrid era. And I put that blame on Christian Horner. And for that, I say that, um, Zach Brown, friendly fire. Oh, very saucy. Both of these, both Nate and yours, have been friendly very, fire. very saucy. Oof. Um, oh no. And I'd say Zach Brown would have been a better team principal. And wow, Zach Brown. Okay. I want to hear this now. Tell me why. Why do you why? think Zach Brown? Would be yeah, you have about a, you have about a minute left. Go yeah, on. Um, you could see the progress in. 
you could really see the progress in McLaren. I think um, if you think about, you know, that GP2 engine moments, that Honda engine mm. moments, you know, um, and you could see the progress and they made that progress and they've become very competitive. And I think there's McLaren um, during, especially during like the Alonso years when they had Alonso and Van Dorn as their drivers, was, um, they, 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 they just lack competition. And now, now, Everywhere anyone can say McLaren could mm-hmm. be on the podium. McLaren, let's see, okay, maybe not pole, but they could definitely be, you know, on the front rows racing up there. And um, I liked the I like what Zach Brown is building at McLaren. I think he's there's a very clear vision. I'd like to see what they do um in the regulation changes next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Question. Good. Question for you. Yeah. Do you think Christian Hornet was being overconfident after their four-year run of winning everything? Um, you could put it anywhere. I think um, the, the, also the, the Renault engines were, you know, they were terrible. The V8 the Renault engines were unbelievable. The V6 yeah. Yeah, the V8 Renault. Yeah, oh, my. I need to send you guys a link of, um, of the Renault engine just running, like the startup in the running. Oh, yeah. Oh, Those V8 engines sounded good. I think... I think kind of what happened with let me just adjust my audio. What happened with Red Bull is, yeah, it was a lot of Renault. They had an amazing chassis. Mm-hmm. It was always their strong suit. Engine, not so much. When they stuck yeah. with Renault, where the turbo uh, development and how they exploited, uh, how Mercedes exploited their rules, mm-hmm. gave them a huge advantage. They were so quick in 2014. The engine was unreliable, so they didn't get a lot of testing. Just kind of yeah. put them on the back foot. Vettel mm-hmm. really struggled to adapt his driving style to the rule changes. Yep, yep. And so then, you know, then that's a slippery slope because then you go from P1 to P3 mm-hmm. and, or P2 or P3 mm-hmm. and you lose money. And then you lose losing money, so you have to readjust. And then it's harder to, it's a lot harder to catch up, especially when Mercedes is just so fast all the time. But yeah, it, it that is controversial because <laughs> one can argue that Christian Horner is the greatest. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have so much respect for him. Honestly, if I if I met Christian Horner right now, I'd, I'd give him. A yeah, I don't think. Well, I Christopher, don't think he listens to this podcast, so yeah. tread lightly. Oh, I don't he does. Th- no, oh, no, we're kidding. We're no, kidding. By the way. <laughs> we wish he listens. We wish he listens. He's to texting podcast. me right now. He's like, yeah, Christian Horner is calling me right now, guys. Yeah. I got to take a this. Yeah, I think. Look. I get, I, I get, I get the thing. Zach Brown, I think he's more of a CEO than team principal, though. To be fair, yeah, but but yeah, I I get that the the I mean, um, Hornet is the CEO and team principal, but uh, I I like I like the direction they're taking at least. I think McLaren, I think Zach has like Zach Brown has clearly stated what McLaren, what he wants McLaren to be, and yeah. the reason why I asked over confident question was because I think. They never expected the the regs to change so much, but I do think that they've learned from their mistake, mm-hmm. and next year they're coming out even stronger and harder. Yep, I think they McLaren will be up there. You know, new regulation changes. You never yeah, know swing. exactly. One of the thoughts of Mercedes would have been. Um, well, Zach yeah. Brown isn't. Um, I, he's not McLaren's team principal. He's the CEO. No, he's CEO. Yeah, but he. But still, like the the man in charge, where the buck stops. Yeah, Andreas Seidel is the. Uh, Andreas Seidel team principal. But, but okay, Toto Wolf or Christian Horner? I think Christian Horner. 
Okay. Christian Tempest. Horner. You know, a lot of <laughs> no, yeah, not- I, notification. Just this quick yes or no. Total Wolf or Christian Horner? Oh, Christian. Okay. Chris? Oh, oh. Total Wolf. Toto. No, no, no. Total Wolf for sure. He's okay. the GOAT. Greatest of all time. Tall German okay. man. Can't beat him. <laughs> He's the GOAT. He is the yeah. GOAT. He is the GOAT. He I the goat. still had Zach Brown on the mind. Christian Horner <laughs> over Zach Brown. Total yeah. Wolf. Yeah, fair. I, I think I would agree. I think Christian, his dad was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think he has the history of Formula One in his blood. Even though Zach was a like pure born racer, but I think Christopher Horner, uh, Horner. Um, I think, I think he he brings something to F one that like the likes of Toto can only bring. Yeah, I think he's a very smart, uh, you know, mm-hmm. political aspect of the sport. Again, he's definitely he's, is. Really knows how to navigate it. I, I still have a lot of respect for him. I just. I, I don't think, I think, I think, I think he's a bit upset with you, mate. A bit upset with you. <laughs> yeah, Christian Horner. It is yeah. true. I think in what they chose to develop, and I think they should have ditched Renault a little bit earlier, yeah. gone yeah. to Honda. But what Christian Horner did with Honda and kind of the mm-hmm. magic they've made mm-hmm. is pretty spectacular. And how they brought Honda from an absolute joke of an engine, and when they when they switched to Honda, I couldn't believe it. Unreliable. Yo, the- I left F1 at that time. I left. I left. I left Red Bull to go McLaren at that point. <laughs> yeah. I stuck. I've been sticking with McLaren since 2015, back when Daniel Kvyat raced for that team, pre Max Verstappen, and. Yeah, Red Bull. <laughs> it is a controversial topic, and it is a little true. There's two sides to it, but it is a reach. But that is again, like I said, the nature of the segment. Well, yeah. Christopher, thank you very much for coming on the podcast uh, and pitching your controversial topic. Hopefully, to have you on again. Yeah, it was soon. it was amazing. I'm I'm great. Yeah, I think what's been really nice for me is that I think I've met uh, since coming to university and in, in I think I've I've met more F1 fans, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's really nice. <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I'm on a podcast, so no, I'm on a podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Christopher, thank you very much for coming on. And we will hopefully get to have you on again soon for another controversial topic. And I want to hear more about the story of your dad getting Michael yeah. Schumacher's signed action on another podcast. Well, I will. For sure. oh, that was a really fun segment. I love yeah. both those, both the two topics. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, the topics were definitely stretches. One could argue that they were untrue. But yeah. one could argue that not impossible and not completely untrue either. Yeah. So we're moving on back to the Monaco Grand Prix. Tested that new segment. Please leave us a review on the podcast. Leave us a review on our website. Comments on our Instagram. Let us know how we did. Send us a DM. Yeah. We'd love to hear from yeah. you. Yeah. So we're moving on to tops and flops, but it's not going to be tops and flops. We're going to be doing driver rankings. We are going to be ranking the drivers out of 10 tires. So mm-hmm. one tire is terrible weekend. We thought just a random number one out of 10. Everyone does that. We're adding a little yeah. formula one twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 tires. So 10 yeah. tires is a, so just a 10. One yep. tires is a one. And yep. let's start with, Definitely we'll start at the top it. and go to the yep. bottom. We're going to start with Hamilton. Okay. I think three out of 10, three tires. Yeah. Four tires, three tires for me as well. Yeah. What an, an absolute just a bad weekend for him it was really poor he struggled in practice he, he struggled. lost confidence in the car qualified terribly yeah. got overcut like a madman and Do not i'm kind of made some comments i'm up sort of ha- i'm sort of happy that happened because i'm tired of seeing hamilton win <laughs> yeah any race where hamilton struggles and there's a mercedes dnf yeah. i'm happy 
It's a good race. Exactly. But exactly. Hamilton, terrible weekend. Maybe a yeah. two, maybe a three. But mm, I would say three out of four. Three, even three or four, one of them. Yeah, what about three out of ten? Three out of ten yeah, tires. Cool. cool. Next, Botas, next driver. I think like an eight. I would say seven or eight. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, it wasn't for the pit stop um issue, he would have he would have been P2. Yeah. Good P1. weekend. He was amazing compared to Lewis. Yeah. And he just got screwed by the team, unfortunately, or not the team, Sadly. it was the car. Yeah. Nothing he could do about that. He was set for an easy P2, maybe a P1. Yeah. yeah. Max Verstappen. 10. 10. Easy. 10. 10. No Done. doubt. No doubt. We'd have to, we'd have to talk about it as well because it's that. that yeah. It's 10. 10. 10. Sergio Perez. Um, a, 7, 8. 7, 8 again. Yeah, like a 7. 7, 8. Uh, yeah. Well, if we're giving Botas an 8, we got to give him like a 7 for sure. Yeah. Botas. I think, I think he qualified with his qualifying position. The way he came up was very good. The yeah. pitch strategy he was on, the strategy he was on was very good. Really mm. strong. Could have could have overtaken Norse, but mm. Monaco is a very hard track. Can't blame him. Had a very good strong weekend. Yeah. P4. Really strong throughout the race. Yeah. Not the strongest in qualifying, which is fine. It's a which new car. Which is why he's P7, not, not P9, P10. Finished P4. And he is a re- he's part of the reason that Red Bull is leading the championship. A hundred percent. I mean, Bottas has had two DNFs, but if his position, so he's doing he's doing good and he is showing improvement better than Albine. Exactly. Lando Norris. 10. 10. Easy. 10. He, great Jim, weekend. Carlos Sainz and Verstappen. All three 10. Yeah. Danny Ricardo. Two. Two? Sorry, two. No. Two. I have to go very, very low. Oh, yeah. He, you know what? If I'll... you're if you, he, a person who won in 2018, 20, yeah? yeah. When did he won? I'm, it is the car a little bit. It is. it is the car, yes. But if your teammate can get a podium... And qualified up there as well. And mm-hmm. you are the king of Monaco. It is not that this track is new to you. Yeah. Yes, the car is new to you. You This track is your hometown. Mm-hmm. It's like your hometown best friend. And I think we can't, we can't cut him any more flack. We will yeah, talk about this when, on the off weekend podcast where we can't give Ricardo any more slack. Like how we didn't give Perez slack anymore. Yeah, I was starting to... You know, I gave him a little bit of slack because mm. it is a new car, but that was a really poor qualifying performance. Yeah. You got lapped by your teammate. Mm. Not a good weekend what for him. Wave? <laughs> Charles Leclerc, one. Mm. Sorry. I would say five. Did have a decent qualifying. Yeah. It's a little conditional. I don't know the exact reason that he couldn't yeah. start the race. It was the dri- left drive shaft. If yeah. that was because of the crash, one. one. Worst yeah. weekend if it wasn't because of the crash, then... Screwed himself Five. over and didn't didn't get any points. He could start a P three, and if he didn't do that, then then yeah, like a five or a six. If he yeah put it on pole, yeah. then crashed, started the race and won. It would have been like a ten. But if if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, it'd be a holly exactly. jolly Christmas. Exactly. Case. Okay, we'll compromise with a three. Carlos signs ten. ten. Impact easy. Fight no for pole. P two. Unbelievable weekend from him. No questions asked. 10. Who are we moving on to next? Esteban Ocon. Yeah, I'll say good weekend. Five. Had an okay weekend. He was kind of hopping around that P9, P10, better yeah. than his teammate. Yeah, five. So we'll give five, him not bad. Yeah, I'll give him a five. Yeah. Wow, we're all right. We're agreeing pretty easily on yeah. uh, I think I think it's this weekend was a pretty pretty easy weekend to agree on it. Yeah, a lot There's of really good drivers on. and not a lot yeah. of really bad drivers. Okay, Alonzo, what would you give Alonzo? 
Alonzo finished P13, where Okan finished mm-hmm. ninth. I'd give ninth. him a four. Four, three. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Four and three. Uh, Pierre Gasly. Uh, I'm sorry, nine. <laughs> nine. Nine. Easy. Great weekend. Held up Lewis. Fantastic yeah. qualifying. Yeah. Uh, pretty impeccable from him where Yuki Tsunoda really struggled. Well, one. <laughs> he, if Sonoda. I could give zero, I would give zero, but one. Yeah, I think Yuki Tsunoda, a two. Struggle mm, in qualifying, one. struggle in the one. race. We can't cut him any more flack. Can't give him any more flack. I mean, you were almost behind. In FP2, you were behind the um, passes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Moving on, Vettel. Eight, eight, nine. I'll give him a ten. Ten. Fantastic weekend. Mm. He drove circles around Stroll. Stroll was lapped. He was only 52 seconds. He was like 30 seconds ahead of Stroll. Yeah. He made the overcut work. Passed Hamilton, yeah. had a great yeah. move on Gasly coming out of the pits. That's ballsy when you have cold tires. He went side yeah. by side next to Gasly, yeah. made the move work, and it felt really good for him to finish P5. I'm sorry, yeah, Ari. That's a 10. 10 yeah. tires. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I mean, I don't agree, but I get your reasoning, and I say, okay, go on. <laughs> Kimi Raikkonen. Didn't see uh, much of him, to be honest, in this 11, race. He was doing yeah. pretty good. Only finished one place behind Gio. I'd give him like a six. Yeah, six, seven. Average weekend for them. I think yeah. the Alphas, the Alpines, they both have a very average weekend. Mm. Giovinazzi. I'm sorry. Giovinazzi is an eight for me. I'll give him a seven. It's an eight for me. Actually, it's an eight for me. Fine. I'll, I'll go with an eight. Yeah. He he had a pretty good weekend. You did give him a shout at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Eight so for we me. have four left. Nicholas Latifi. Really mm. nowhere. I'll give him a five. I think, uh, just the way the Williams yeah. is. You know, I did not Williams. see him one time during that entire I saw race. him once. I saw him right. once when he's getting lapped. That's about it. Right. <laughs> George Russell. Five. He he finished 14th, started 15th. It was... Yeah, Williams actually had a, a, a pretty okay. Yeah. I think like Williams, the Alphas, the yeah. Alpines. George Russell, passed. five. Yeah, five. Easy. Uh, Mick Schumacher. Mm. Four. The pit stop, yeah, the four. The pit stop okay. would have messed him up, but I mean, he could have, he should have caught Mazepin, and he shouldn't have crashed in FP3. Mazepin, one, four, one. He had a good weekend. He finished ahead care. of Schumacher. One, why? Don't care. One, just because. <laughs> I have we're, one not, bad we're not doing. We're not doing that. Just one. because I'm looking at. Him okay, no. Okay, racing wise, racing wise. Okay, three, four. Yeah, four. We'll give three, him four. four. To be honest, no. I have a reason for one. Mick was about a lap behind him, and he caught up. That's a good point. He was pretty slow, and Mick was. Mick was. Stop, Mick got. Yeah. He was. Mick was a whole ahead. lap behind after the pit stop, and he he still caught up. He was one second behind him. Well, we can compromise at a two. How about that? We'll okay. compromise at two. a two. Two works, that and was that's good. it. So we're gonna go over our predictions for the back of Grand Prix next week on the podcast. Make sure you tune into that. Thank you very much for listening. We always appreciate uh, you guys listening. I always appreciate the support. And let us know what you thought of the podcast. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Check the new uh, segment with the new guests. Yeah, give us a rating. Tell us what you thought of the segment. Should we bring them on as guests full-time for a full-time episode? Sorry. And yeah, everyone have a great week. Great drive to work. Great sleep. Whatever mm-hmm. the hell you're doing. Follow us on TikTok, and, Instagram, yep. Spotify, YouTube, yeah, yeah, Twitch, whatever At it is. The Undercut Pod. Find us on your favorite uh, pa- podcast platform. 
We're your favorite F1's driver's favorite podcast. So check us out. Uh, yep. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week. See you guys next week. Adios. Bye.